Greetings, everyone, and welcome to the February edition of the Juno Report. I'm Nolan Crabb. The Juno Report is a production of Guide Dog Users Incorporated. Guide Dog Users Incorporated, a proud affiliate of the American Council of the Blind. We are GDUI, seeking to improve accessibility to guide dog teams throughout the nation. Our thanks, as always, to Larry Turnbull and the staff at ACB Radio for hosting this program on the first Friday of the month. Shortly after that, you may download the program as a podcast in your favorite podcast player. A couple of things to get to tonight, so we may as well get started. Thank you so much for listening. We look forward to the next just under 30 minutes with you here as we bring you this month's edition of the Juno Report. Before we get to the main portion of tonight's program, let's do a little bit of housekeeping, shall we? A heartfelt congratulations is definitely in order to Charlie Crawford and his associates who have revived and reformed the Capital Area Guide Dog Users Affiliate. Capital Area Guide Dog Users Affiliate received its okay from the Board of Directors at the January 28th meeting of that group. Congratulations again to members of the Capital Area Guide Dog Users for that okay. Second thing we want to get to tonight is a quick reminder that if you have not jumped in as a member of Guide Dog Users Incorporated, you need to do so as quickly as possible. We're hopeful to uh, make sure you have the opportunity to vote in the upcoming spring elections. They really aren't that far off. I realize as you're listening to this, perhaps live, uh, that you're turning up the heat, wrapping up in a blanket perhaps in some parts of the country, but uh, seriously, the spring elections are coming. We have a couple of board positions that need to be filled, and there could conceivably be some bylaw changes. I know, those sound really boring, but they really aren't because they do impact how the organization does business. And the greater the input we have from you on that score, the more appropriate will be the final changes that come about. So if you haven't signed on as a member, we would plead with you to jump on over to guidedogusersinc.org. All one word, and one of the links there is one that will take you to a membership form where you can renew your membership if you need to do that or sign up as a brand new member. Either way, we'd love to have you. Let's get to the main section of tonight's program. Some would argue that it's a bit controversial. The question is, at what age do you give someone a guide dog? Many of the schools here in the United States have established the age limit of 16, but one organization has bucked that trend just a bit, actually quite a bit. Tonight, you'll hear from Bob Bailey. Bob is affiliated with the MIRA, that's spelled M-I-R-A, should you need to uh, write that down somewhere, the MIRA Guide Dog School up in Canada. Bob's foundation is called MIRA USA. One of the things Things Bob seeks to do is provide funding to send children to the Mira Guide Dog School in Canada for training to uh, to come home and work with a guide dog. There are those who question the wisdom of giving a guide to someone as young as 10 or 11, but Bob says not so fast, as you'll hear in his remarks. His remarks, incidentally, were given as part of the GDUI Summer Convention Luncheon last year in Minneapolis. And so the next voice you hear will be that of Bob Bailey. Uh, I want to thank you for inviting me here to uh, give you a little, whoops, can you hear me? Um, well, that's a little better. Uh, just uh, so I can tell you a little bit about uh, what I do. Um, first of all, you know, we really have to tip our hats to C&I, because they're the ones that started it all. 
And you know, the, the trainers, no, nobody's in this to make a lot of money, because they don't. You know, they, they do it for the love of the animals, uh, the love of being outdoors, and training. So it's, you know, we really have to, um, you know, give these people a lot of respect. It, it's, it's hard, you know, taking a blind person uh, who's never had a dog and training them, it, it's pretty difficult. So you really have to tip your hats to them. Anyway, whoops. Anyway, my, uh, my story is I became blind after uh, surgery. And uh, you can well imagine for the first year it was kind of a disaster uh, learning how to work with a cane. And, um, you know, walking along the streets with a cane, you're pretty well ignored. Nobody talks to you. Um, but... You know, I, I, went to, uh, I went to get my guide dog up in Canada because a friend of mine, um, his daughter is blind, and he convinced me to go to Canada to get my guide dog. Um, you know, not that any school is better or worse than the other. Uh, he just convinced me that I should go to Mira, which I did, and I'm glad I did. Uh, while I was working up there with the dog, um, I became friends with the founder of Mira. There's, there's 114 people that work at Mira. And Eric St. Pierre is a very, very special individual. He's part dog. Um, <laughs> he, spe he speaks dog. He really does. Uh, he's incredible, absolutely an incredible trainer. He's been doing it for about 40 years. Anyway, I got to talking to him, and um, they had a program going on for children at the time that I was up there. And, and you know, I said, well, you know, what's with the kids? <clears throat> anyway, so he told me what they were doing. And do and you know why kids don't get guide dogs here in the United States? Does anybody know? In, in the, you know, in the 20s, when they started with C&I, most kids, in order to get a case, uh, education, they were either in a convent or a government school. They weren't in public schools. And, you know, if you've got 50 kids in a government school or a convent the last thing you want is 50 dogs walking around. So, you know, that's an invitation to disaster. So at that time, it was decided that when the children graduated from school, from high school, they could go, to, they can go and get a guide dog at 18 years old and go to college. Well, Mira started, uh, Eric started training guide dogs for children in 1991. Uh, 19, yeah, 1991. Um, no, actually, his first class was 1991. He started training them about a year or two before that. <clears throat> and the dogs, the dogs with, um, with Mira, they're, the children get the best of the best because they need a dog that if they drop the harness, as kids will do, they need that dog to stay with them, which is really important. You know, can you imagine... When you guys were growing up and having a dog to guide you around school, you know, how, you know how beneficial it is to you now. And, you know, as a young person, you can imagine how good it would be. Well, nobody thought, nobody thought that an 11-year-old would be responsible enough to handle a, handle a dog. And, and I, I totally disagree with that. You know, our youngest kid, uh, Cricket, Cricket just turned 11. She's in uh, San Diego, California. She just turned 11 when she got her guide dog. And she's 17 now, and she's done fabulously well. 
Cricket was the, uh, she was the youngest person ever to receive a guide dog here in the United States. Um, Mira is the only accredited guide dogs for children. There's, there's, one or, there's another one, I think it's called Angel something or other. Um, they've just started it up and they're using pound rescue dogs. But Mira's an accredited uh, guide dogs. And, you know, it, it, it really, it doesn't matter where you get your guide dogs from. All the schools, you know, they, some are, you know, do things a little different than others. Um, but, you know, they, they all have the same goal. They provide us, they provide us with an animal that's going to really help our lives. They're going to change our lives. And like I said before, can, can you imagine yourselves in school with a, with a dog? It's, it, it just makes things so much easier. You know, the, the, uh, the way the training goes, we send the kids up to Canada for the month, and uh, their parents are not allowed to go with them. They'll take them up there, get them settled in, and they can visit them after two weeks on a Sunday. And uh, they can visit them Sundays afterwards until the end of the training program. And they can be there for their final exam, if you'll call it, uh, but they go for a walk, and um, it's about a 45-minute walk, and they think they're by themselves, and they've got to, they've got to come to a, a destination um, where, the, you know, where the, the, all the people are waiting for them. But they're, they've got a safety person. They've got a person watching the dog. They've got another one watching the child. And usually the parents are somewhere in the background, but they can't say anything. And one of, one of the ladies, she almost passed out. When her, when her 11-year-old boy was crossing a four-lane boulevard with his dog. <laughs> but, you know, he was able to do it. And it's, it's um, like I said, more or less, all, of, all of the schools, they all do an incredible job. And, and we really benefit by them. But the way Mira operates, the kids are up there for a month. And then after they, they go home, they're home for about two weeks. And a trainer goes and spends two days with each child. They'll show them a route around their neighborhood so they can go out for a walk by themselves. Uh, they'll teach the dog the route. Then they go to school. And they'll show them the front door of the school. They'll show them the homeroom, the um, you know, math, science, history, whatever the classes they have. And the schools have been very, very receptive. We've never had any problems with any of the schools. And what the schools have done for us is they'll pour a concrete pad out somewhere away from the playground. And the, the instructor will show the dog where the pad is. And that's to, you know, they, they don't want the dog pooping in grass and some kid stepping in it. Because, you know, that's, that'll really create a bad, bad uh, vibes for the whole school. So they, they put this cement pad and the dogs are trained to go on concrete. And uh, it works out very well. The kids clean up after it, and then the superintendents hose down the, the, the concrete pad every night. <clears throat> but the, the, the children are totally responsible for the dog. They're responsible for the feeding, the water, the brushing, cleaning up after the dog. They're not crazy about that, but, you know, that's part of it. And nobody else is allowed to feed the dog or interact with the dog at home. Um, yeah, I mean, they can interact with the dog a little bit, but they, they can't do any of the care. The, the dog has to look to the child for the food and the treats and all the rest of the stuff. And that's really an important part of the training. And uh, anyway, when they, uh, 
when the trainers have, have gone to the school with the dogs, like I said, they'll show them the, the homeroom and the different rooms that they're going to be in. And most important is the bathroom and lunchroom. They'll, they'll take them to the bathroom and they'll also teach them to go take the child to a stall, which is really important. You know, you can... Well, you guys were in school and you had to go find the bathroom with your cane. Lots of fun, eh? <laughs> but, you know, the dogs, uh, the dogs are trained to do these things. And the trainers will, will spend as many times as, as, as necessary. You know, if the, if the child is still having problems, the, uh, they'll go out and, they'll go out and uh, work with the child as long as it takes. Uh, they want all of these kids to be, uh, you know, good dog, good dog handlers. And we've had tremendous success with them so far. Uh, and, you know, we've, we've had to refuse some children. And it's not every child that's going to get a guide dog. You know, unfortunately, a lot of the blind children have, you know, they have other complications as well. And uh, you, you have to say no sometimes. It would be nice if everybody could get a guide dog, but that's not going to happen. And they all get dogs like Devin, or DJ. Uh, he's a, DJ is, a, is a, a cross between a Labrador and a Bernese Mountain Dog. And they use the Bernese Mountain Dogs extensively because they're extremely smart. But one of the problems is they have a high incidence of cancer. So they, they started uh, DJ's 10th generation. So they're probably at about 15 or 16 generations right now. And they started crossbreeding. And they actually developed this breed. It's called the St. Pierre. It's named after the founder of, of Mira. And the fellow who goes out and works with the kids in the field is Eric St. Pierre. He is the founder of Mira Canada, and he, uh, you know, he's he's backed off of, of running Mira Canada now. He's got his his son, and they've got 114 people up there running it. But he uh, he he personally looks after the children. He does the training with the children, and he goes out on the road visiting with the children to uh, you know to help them in their areas, and he'll go as many times as necessary. Um, you know, it's usually twice is is adequate. But, you know, if a kid needs three or four times, he'll go three or four times. And, you know, the, the, the children, my, my, my uh, time with the kids, I found them to be much more responsible than sighted children. You know, they have to do things in a different way. They're very, very smart. Uh, I, I can, well, I'll, I'll go through some of the kids with you. Um, Cricket now is, is uh, 17. She's in high school. Um, Mike, Mike, uh, Matt Cooper, uh, he was in high school in Durham, and he got a full scholarship to Stanford University. Ryan Uly was a, a student in Aiken, South Carolina. He got a full scholarship to Clemson. Mer um, uh, Meredith Ballard she was going to state, she had just started state when she got her dog. Uh, she completed a four-year bachelor's degree in three years. And she's just started, oh, she just finished her second year of law school. Um, let me see who else is there. Oh, Michael Moore. He graduated from Governor Moorhead School. And he, he plays the piano. He plays the, the saxophone, drums, and a guitar. 
and he did two years at Fayetteville Tech learning how to, comp- to program computers. And then he went from there to um, a college in, I think it was Pembroke or Lumberton. Anyway, um, learning how to proofread. And that's, that's what his profession is, proofreading books for the blind. Um, Sammy Juring, she just got accepted to Meredith College, which is an all-girls college, on a full scholarship. Max, Max Lamb. This is a real special kid. He's 11 years old. He uh, snow skis, untethered. He skis with his dad. He water skis. He runs track. He wrestles. And he rows. He was 11 years old when he got his dog. Very, very smart kid. And in wrestling, he was wrestling in the 11 to 12 uh, uh, age group. And he won state champion. So, you know, at first... When the kids started, when he first started wrestling with the kids, they went easy on him because he was blind. And he, he kicked their asses. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's pretty special. But he's got a very special family. They, they, um, they allow him to do pretty well whatever he wants. He's got three other brothers, and he hangs out with his brothers all the time. And, you know, if the kids are allowed to do things if they're not overprotected you're not doing them any favors when you overprotect them and we see that all the time you know the we we just had to refuse one child this year because he had no cane skills he was 14 i think and no cane skills at all his parents he was on his parents arm all the time so you know you're not doing the child a favor by doing that and you know it's it's called the school of hard knocks but you know, we, we all have to learn that. When uh, one of our girls, Darcy, she was in um, uh, Athens Drive High School, 2,300 kids. And she said when she was walking down the hallway, it was like parting of the waters. You know, no friends, very few friends. Nobody talked to her. And you guys have all experienced that, walking around with a cane. Nobody talks to you. She got her dog, and then she became the cool kid in school. Everybody knows her. You know, I, I walk downtown Southern Pines with my dog, and I don't go a block without being stopped. Um, when I was with my cane, nobody ever spoke to me, but, you know, DJ, uh, just everybody knows DJ, and they all want to say hello to him. So it's, you know, it's a, it's a social bridge to the community, and I'm sure everybody here that's, that's got a guide dog and has been long-time guide dog users, the, the social interaction with other people, the dog has made a huge difference in everybody's lives. But, you know, there's been a lot of controversy about, you know, children can't handle dogs. Children aren't responsible enough. Well, Eric's got about 250 kids that defy that. We've got 25 right now. Well, we have 24. We've got one kid going up there this summer. And unfortunately, you know, we're, we're not like the big guys. We're limited by funds. Um, the dogs cost somewhere around $60,000 a piece. And, you know, we, we pay for everything. And, um, you know, we have to, we have to send... We were, we were prepared to send two kids up this summer, but one didn't make it. But, you know, we, we pay for all the expenses. So it's an expensive project, and unless you've got, you know, unless you've got a couple hundred million dollars in the background, it's a very expensive deal. 
you know, Mirror is one of the smaller organizations. They only have a budget of about $12 million a year. And uh, they provide about 200 240, 230 dogs a year at no cost to anybody. So it's, you know, it's a lot of hard work, um, you know, by, by everybody involved. The, you know, the fundraisers, the, the trainers. Uh, you know, I, I really tip my hat off to the trainers because those guys, you know, they bust their butts to, um, you know, to, to make it work for the kids. It, it's really, really important. And some of the training's a little different, uh, what they do. Um, you know, our dogs are, are trained when you walk up, when you're going down the sidewalk, he'll stop about one foot before the curb so you don't fall into the road. And then you give him the command, up, up, and he'll go to the edge of the curb. They're trained to stay in crosswalks. Um, they're trained to push you over to the handrail when you're going downstairs. You know, falling upstairs isn't so bad, but falling downstairs, that's a bitch. <laughs> We've all done it. Um, anyway, has anybody got any questions? If, if you have a, a class, do you have a class of kids who come up during the summer or just one at a time? How do you do that? No, they, they always have uh, classes of 8 to 10. Um, sometimes we filled, the, we filled the class once. We, hey, who, who's complaining? Um, when they when we send up one kid, they'll they'll have other kids up there at the same time. They only do the training for the children in July because of the school. Do you have a website we can? Yes, it's mirausa.org. dot org. Mirausa M I R A M I R A U S A. Okay, because I have students that I work with in Virginia Beach, and that's right near where you are. So we might be able to uh, give you some customers to work with. You know, one of the unfortunate things, it, you know, it's, it's, it's money-orientated, unfortunately. And we've got 13 kids that have been approved on the waiting list right now. And, you know, anybody got a 800000 bucks they don't need? <laughs> um, I, I have a question. Um, I received my first guide dog when I was 14 from Guiding Eyes for the Blind. And um, I, um, what one of the um, greatest challenges that I had was, um, well, actually, it's a two-sided thing. The first was getting the other kids at school, I went to public school, not to pat and call the dog, there was a lot of teasing of my dog. There was a lot of disrespect for um, for what I told people was the training. And as much as I had a great supportive family, you know, if my dad thought my dog should have buttered popcorn, he gave her <laughs> buttered popcorn. And I was only 14 and what could I do? So my question to you, because I'm not sure that that I would recommend this to a kid, um, having gone through it. My question to you is, do you work with kids um, to give them the confidence to stand up to uh, kids that might tease the dog, to family that says, no, no, you know, you, you listen to me, this is the way it's going to be. 
because when you're that young, I, I, I just, I, I don't know. So that's my question. Great question. Great question. And first of all, we address the parents. We tell the parents that you are not to interact with the dog. There's only one person that feeds this dog. It's the child. I don't care if they're sick. They don't feel like getting up. It's too bad. That's the only one that feeds it. That's the only one that takes it out. That's the only one that cleans up after them. In the school, they've been, we've been in, in public schools, the principals have been really, really good with us. They call uh, uh, an auditorium, and they address all the kids. And the first thing they say is, how would you like to be blind? Okay, that's, that's a bit of a shocker. You know, close your eyes and tell me what you see. Okay, that's what Charlie sees. Okay, that dog is his eyes. And he's not to be petted. He's not to be teased. Do not interact with the dog. And so far, we've had good success. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, I, any other questions? I've got one I, minute. I have a question. Shoot. Hi. I've got a mic. I have a question. Yep. Um, I think it's wonderful what you're doing. Like the last questioner, when I got my first dog, I was in a college dorm and had the same, some of the same issues. And it really was tough to keep the kids away from the dog. And some of them got really mad at me. Yep. And I, just ha- I lost a few friends because I wouldn't let them pet, pet my dog and play with her. Uh, but I just had to deal with that. So it's good that you're working with the kids. And I hope you do follow-up. Yes, do you, we do. Do you do follow-up yep. with the parents? As many times, yeah, yeah, also, very good question. With the parents. When, when Eric goes and visits with the children, okay, he also visits with the parents. Because the children won't tell you everything. Guys, could we keep the side conversations down just a little bit? The, the children won't tell you everything. So he does meet with the parents all the time. And, and we really reinforce the fact that the parents are not to interact with the dog, not to give them treats, not to do things with them. Uh, I mean, it's part of the family. And, you know, they're, sure, they're going to pet them once in a while, but they're not going to give them popcorn or treats or anything else. Uh, I, uh, in, in our house, nobody gives the dog treats except me. I have a question. Um, this is Charlie Crawford. Last question. Last question. Who? I guess I'm in the bag. a good one, huh? Uh, make it a good one. Uh, anyway, um, one thing that, that always, uh, every time I go to, to get a, a new seeing eye dog, I've always had that question on my mind, what is the current recommended food for the dog? And um, I'm wondering what you folks do about food for the dogs and what happens after the kid goes home with, in terms of the food agenda. Well, we try to insist, in Montreal, they used to use uh, Ukanuba food. And um, all the parents were told that the dog has been brought up on this, and that's what you give them. Um, I don't like Ukanuba, and I switched him over to Nutro. It's it's one of the better foods on the market. Um, And he's been very, very successful on that. Got time for one more or not? Fast question. <laughs> Promised. Okay. Wondering if you accept and have programs for deaf-blind children. Yeah, they do. Um, um, Nicholas St. Pierre, he's Eric's son. 
he's the he's the only one that trains children with uh, deaf and blind, and and that's a tough call. Uh, there was one lady in here that was deaf blind, and oh, you got to tip your hat to them, boy. That that's a rough schedule. It really is. Anyway, I want to thank everybody for allowing me to come here and share. And share Mira with you. Thank you very much. And that's it for this month. We'll see you in March. For Guide Dog Users Incorporated, I'm Nolan Crabb. This has been the Juno Report. <laughs>